For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but sweat happens. That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers, to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Sproles here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Brawl, the Brawl Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. Thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you get the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Connor Miles in the house with my guy, Johnny Page. Johnny, a lot of people on Twitter, Eagles Twitter specifically, obviously, but it always seem to talk down on the 12 personnel. Or the, the, the huge thing right now is the Eagles are obviously – engaging Zach Ertz in contract extension talks. So a lot of people rather just ride out with Goddard, you know, let Ertz walk and just walk because he's getting a little older. They want to ride out with Goddard. And some people want to go back to 11 personnel. Some people suggest Doug Peterson wants to go back to 11 personnel, which is incredibly false. We're here today because you are writing an article describing the pros and cons of the 12 personnel. And we are incorporating that article, not the whole entire article, obviously, because we all need to read that. We are incorporating your thoughts towards the Eagles 12 personnel. So I fully was on board with this episode because, again, I go on Twitter religiously defending the fact that the Eagles need to keep Zach Ertz and also keep Dallas Goddard, not split the two up. Huge reason why is being the 12 personnel offense. Now, you get these articles that you and I talked about off air that – People are talking about, well, the Eagles offense and 12 personnel is the worst in the league. We need to add some context to that. And that's what we're going to do with this episode because the Eagles also used 12 personnel last year, 22% more than the team in second place did that used it the most, the second most. So there needs to be a little little context added here because, of course, the Eagles are going to look 
poor in the result of 12 personnel because they run it way more than any other team does. And the fact that they're people are right when they say this, they're forced to run it a little bit more due to the lack of talent they have at a receiver. Absolutely, that's correct. Because Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, nine times out of ten, are your best receivers during the season. So I completely – that theory is most likely true. Obviously, the Eagles want to mix 11 personnel, and you can't run 12 personnel every single offense. It's not. That's, that's not how the NFL works. It's not how Eagles offense works. But to the point of everybody saying maybe Doug wants to change the offense a little bit, he shot that down completely at his press conference yesterday. And re- remind you, we are recording on Thursday. Yesterday was Wednesday is when Doug Peterson had his press conference. He said, and I quote, 12 personnel comes back from his days in Green Bay. It's a huge staple to the offense, and he's looking forward to continue using it going forward. Now, the reason why I believe he feels this way, people forget the 12 personnel did not start when the Eagles drafted Dallas Goddard. That's not where it came from. That's been a staple ever since Doug Peterson came in. I remember fully, I don't know if you're familiar with Fran Duffy's work, but I remember that first week of the preseason when the Eagles played the Colts. They had Trey Burton, Brent Selleck, uh, Zach Ertz. Sam Bradford was the quarterback during that preseason game. They they were started utilizing 12 personnel. That was like the first time we got to see it. And then Fran Duffy did a whole entire glorious breakdown on it uh, for his film review. And it showed, like, get used to this. This is going to be a staple of the Eagles offense. So that's back in 2016. Fast forward to 2019. Now they're using it 56% of their offensive snaps. Offensive formation, excuse me. So my thing is, when you go ahead and you – because a lot of people, again, want to move on with Dallas Goddard and not pay Zach because he's aging. When you draft Dallas Goddard in 2018 in the second round, how do you not see – this was Zach Ertz's deal coming to now. How do you not see this coming? The Eagles definitely saw this coming. I don't I don't agree with people thinking like they drafted Dallas Goddard in the second round to replace Zach Ertz this soon in two years. That's not what's happening here. The Eagles drafted Dallas Goddard because of their commitment to the 12 personnel. That's what the thought process was behind drafting Dallas Goddard. It wasn't he's here to replace Zach Ertz in two years, because remind you, the Eagles are talking extension with Zach Ertz. They're not listening to what some people want they are willing to talk i'm not going to say that the deal is done or anything or that it's going to be done but they are talking to zach Ertz in hopes of an extension so if you draft dallas goddard in the second round two years ago you talk your contract extension with zach Ertz during training camp hoping to secure him for more long term I don't know if they want to give him a raise. Obviously, he deserves a raise, but maybe they want to add a year or two onto the deal. You're indicating that you want to continue with the 12 personnel. So, Johnny, as I've seen on Twitter, and as you see me debate with plenty of people on Twitter, a lot of people don't agree with that. They think it's slowing down the Eagles' offense, makes it worse, and a lot of people want to see 11 personnel again. I don't agree with it. I think... Another factor that needs to go into this whole conversation about 12 personnel is the fact that the Eagles never had the consistent speed on the outside to really make this formation utilize the space that they can have in the middle of the field with the speed on the outside, with the secondary respecting the speed. So I know you just wrote this piece. I'm going to let you go into your thoughts on 12 personnel and advantages, disadvantages, and all that. But I'm fully on board with continuing that for the Eagles offense. I think now you have Jalen Rager, you have John Hightower, Deshaun. 
hopefully you have for 12, 14 games at least. You have all the speed you need on the outside to let the 12, 12 personnel thrive, especially Dallas Goddard. I mean, talk about a guy who hasn't had any type of speed to play with besides one game versus Washington last year. Think of all the time. Because, again, people think that – I don't know why that this theory is everybody is everybody's head is Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz a shadow. Only shadow he's on, where he's behind Zach Ertz is when it's on a depth chart. He played 33 less snaps than George Kittle last year. He played almost 300 more snaps than Mark Andrews of the Ravens tight end played last year. Zach Ertz is not eating away from Dallas Goddard's opportunities on the field. He's getting on the field. The Eagles have no problem getting him on the field. He played 769 snaps last year on offense alone. So I'm, I, I don't, everybody always comes up with these theories of why to get rid of Zach Ertz and like, wants to go all in on Dallas Goddard. I think the Eagles already are going all in on Dallas Goddard. They, they made that pick in the second round knowing we're going to commit to this formation, this personnel. We're going to still extend – we're talking to Zach Ertz, but we still consider Dallas Goddard to be a huge part of our system, granted because he played almost 800 snaps on offense last year. Played a lot more snaps than Mark Andrews. People are considering him a top five tight end now, and he played almost 300 more snaps than him. So there's the disconnect I think what people have with this is that they can't understand the fact that you can comprehend to keep two tight ends. You can. The Eagles have done it masterfully well. Trey Burton got – a huge deal because of the Eagles' commitment to 12 personnel. Zach Ertz is about is a top three tight end because of the Eagles' commitment to 12 personnel. Dallas Goddard is an emerging star who people think highly of because they get to see the sample size to think highly of him because of the Eagles' commitment to 12 personnel. So I'll let you take it away now. But that's my opening statement right there. That's a hell of an opening statement. <laughs> that, I was sitting here thinking behind the curtain, if everyone doesn't uh, know, obviously off air, I said, you know, you start off because you're good with Eagles history and no one's better than Connor. Uh, and then you bring up all his 2016 stats. You've got Trey Burton, which I completely forgot about. Yeah, I mean, it is a hell of an opening statement. But the purpose of this, I guess, and uh, this should be posted Monday, I believe. The article should be probably out then as well, um, is I was probably two years ago, I, I'd be completely honest, my reaction to the Dallas Goddard pick was didn't like it. And this is me being honest. I uh, didn't like the pick massively because I didn't actually think the Eagles needed a second tight end. And I'll explain myself is that I wasn't a big fan of one-two personnel myself. Um, I wasn't the biggest role personnel fan guy. I saw the league as moving away from the run game as being more pass heavy. There's a lot of receiver talent in the league. And basically the last couple of years has made me change or maybe th- at least question myself. And now I've sort of gone full circle. And I'm going to explain a little bit why. So the purpose of the article is not just actually to focus on the Eagles. So... I'm not even going to debate Zach Ertz's contract. Like, if people want to debate the merits of giving a 31-year-old or whatever, 29-year-old or whatever, a contract when he's already got two years left. Um, I should know how old he is. I, he's not. Is he 31? I'm looking it up now. He's um, turning 30 this year. He yeah, that's why I thought he was 29. People were saying his contract yeah. runs out when he's 31. That's the one. So I get that. If you don't want to pay him, I understand that. That's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm trying to focus on with the article is why why the Eagles a one-two personnel offense? What benefits does the one-two personnel offense bring? And I guarantee you, I don't mention this in the article, the number one response to the article on Twitter and in the comment section, and probably this pod, will be, well, if it's so good, why does no one else do it at the Eagles rate? So to give you some quick numbers really briefly, you mentioned some of these, but I'm just going to give you a few others um, for people to think about. The average in the NFL of one two, 12 personnel last year was 20%. The Eagles were at 52%. Third down average, the NFL was 10%. Eagles were 46%. 
Uh, fourth down, the NFL went slightly back up to 16%. We were all the way up at 58%. Funny enough, you mentioned this off air, but Kansas City was second at 57%. And Kansas City have got a reputation of a team that spreads you out, lots of fast receivers, etc. But on fourth down, they were basically equal to the Eagles. In the first 11 games of last year, so the first 11 games, we ran 12 personnel only 45% of the time, and we scored 22 points per game. The final five games as a season, we lent on 12 personnel. We ran it 64%, so 20% up off the first 11. We scored 28.5 points per game. So essentially, when we increased our rate of 12 personnel um, by 20%, we scored six points more a game, which is a dramatic difference. And yes, there are questions of who you played in those games. I get that. Um, but that's a big, big difference. So I guess the question is, um, sort of, as I said, people ask is, well, why don't more teams do it? And my honest opinion is I just don't think teams have two good tight ends. There's not 32 good tight ends in the league. If you look at fantasy rankings, you get guys like, um, I'm trying to think of like Jack Doyle in the top 25. Like Dallas Goddard is easily a top 13 tight end. Zach Ertz is probably top three or top four. Like there's not many good tight ends in the NFL. Eric Ebron was in the top 20 of the list I looked at earlier. I mean, there's not many good players. So it's one reason why teams can't do it is not because actually... Uh, they don't want to do it it's because they haven't got the options. I think you've mentioned this year a bit off air as well. We're going to see the Buccaneers do it a lot more this year because guess what? God, um, Gronkowski and Howard are very good players. They're going to try and get on the field. So what I'll do with the rest of the pod and we'll sort of go back and forth is just talk about sort of the benefits of uh, Can I interject personnel. real quick though? Yeah, I think, of course. Before I think, we start, anything? Yep. I think this year we're going to see a lot of teams shift to 12 personnel though, to be honest with you. I think yep. you just mentioned the Colts. Jack Doyle, Trey Burton, Frank Wright. They're going to obviously be more 12 personnel this year, especially because they have huge weaknesses at wide receiver as well outside of T.Y. Hilton. I definitely see them being a team going more 12 personnel. The Chiefs are going to continue to do it. The 49ers just brought in Jordan Reed. That that fully screams to me because Jordan Reed is just a receiver. That fully screams to me that they're going to go more 12 personnel too, especially now that you mentioned their wide receiver position is full of injuries. Debo's out for a while. Brandon Ayuk is already injured too. They're 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 scrapping the scrappy for wide receiver time right now. So you have Jordan Reed, you have George Kittle. You're probably going to go more twelve personnel. I I think the NFL is starting to trend that more in that direction because all these tight ends coming out. Like I'll use the Chicago Bears as an example. Just drafted Cole Clement in the second round after they just gave Jimmy Graham a huge payday. I think they're going to go twelve more twelve personnel. Nick Foles and Bill Lazor and Matt Nagy and uh, John Eve Filippino up in there. I think they're going to go more 12 plus now now with their decisions that they're making. So I agree with you. I think finding that tight end town is extremely hard. I, I think it's super hard for the Eagles yeah, to go out and have two top 10 tight ends. I'll tell you it's what the insane. big thing as well, though, big thing, because you mentioned Jordan Reed, and this is one thing I get to in the article a lot as well. Um, Connor hasn't read this, by the way, because it's not out yet. So uh, you, you, you'll have to like... Uh, discuss these points on the fly but i think it's really key if you play one two personnel both of your tight ends have to be able to block zachers has got a reputation of being a terrible blocker which is really unfair and in fact if you read the article look at how many clips because it's an article but i put a lot of all 22 clips in there as well to back up my points look at how many clips zachers has a key block in he's not dallas goddard in the run game that dallas goddard is a superb blocker but zachers is willing and that's the difference between sometimes you get teams who are one two personnel and the second guy can't block and to be honest if teams treat your one-two personnel and they treat your tight end as a receiver and they just go nickel all the time 
That's not really one-two personnel. The reason why the Eagles can successfully do it is because no matter what anyone thinks of Zach Ertz, most teams will play base against the Eagles. A lot of the time, they with they, and they won't on third down, which I'll point out in the article, but first and second down, they'll line up in base because Zach Ertz and Goddard are treated as tight ends. The key is you've got to be able to be good enough at blocking where teams still uh, respect you enough. And that's something we're going to touch on a little bit later, but it's an important point. When I'm saying getting two good tight ends, for example, Trey Burton, you can question whether he was ever really uh, good enough of a blocker to be able to count as a tight end. I bet teams against a, um, when they line up against him last year will treat him as a receiver at times. But I'm going to begin, um, and we'll discuss these points a little bit. I'll sort of combine my first two with something that actually uh, Chip Wagon, uh, Ryan spoke about when he was on the pod with us a few uh, months ago, probably now. And actually, he was the reason why I, uh, I'm writing this article when I uh, DM'd him saying, do you mind if I write this? Because I know you were going to. And in the end, he's, he can't find the article. He's lost it. It's in some old computer. So um, I've got free reign to write this. And this will be easier if you've read the article because you'll understand what I mean. But basically, when you're in one-two personnel, it means there's an extra gap a defense has to defend in the run game. And uh, you basically have an extra place you can run. When you're in one-one personnel, generically, there are seven gaps you can attack. And I'm talking about the gaps in between each blockers and then the gaps on the edge of each blocker. So you think about it, you've got five offensive linemen, there's five gaps. Then your uh, sixth and seventh gap are the edge of each tackle um, or tight end if you're in one-one personnel. When you bring in two tight ends, there's now eight gaps to defend. No team wants to get done by giving up easy rushing yards, okay? It's the worst way of losing, getting outnumbered in the box. And NFL's a maths game, okay? It is a game of numbers. So what most teams will do is they'll put a player in the box, normally a safety, because then you block eight men. Um, you block eight gaps with eight men, okay? And what that does is it sounds very obvious, if you can picture this, you force a team into single high. Basically, on first and second down, you're telling a team, if you don't play single high, we're going to run on you. Think about how bad the Eagles were last year at taking advantage of that. It's incredible when you think about it. I think probably the biggest thing about one-two personnel is you dictate uh, single high coverage. You get the defense into going single high. We had no speed on the outside. I think, to be honest, the whole point of one-two personnel is you have speed on the outside. The more I researched it, it's literally the purpose of going one-two. Obviously, there's lots of different reasons of it, but you force a defense to react to you because defense is always reacting to offense. That's what the NFL is. Offenses uh, control what a defense can do. Um, that's been that way forever. It always will be the case because offenses are the ones that dictate uh, whatever they want and the defense has to react to it. Now, the problem is if you can't block, as I mentioned, if your tight ends can't block, then the team's not going to bring an extra man into the box. They're not going to bring a safety down. Um, if your offensive line's bad and you can't run the ball, teams will say, you know what, we're going to keep seven in the box because we don't think you can run even with the extra man. The Eagles have an extra man if you um, if you play, play too deep. So they're going to have to put an extra man in the box because the Eagles have got a very good offensive line. Also, may I add the Eagles just add, added a mobile quarterback. And you know what, move up. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to use Jalen Hurts a lot, but you know what mobile quarterbacks do. They give you an extra man in the box. So if you've got Jalen Hurts on the field in one-two personnel, there's no way the defense is sitting in too high. No way. Unless it's like third and 15. They're not sitting in too high. So you are guaranteed to get single coverage, basically single high coverage. So you can narrow it down. They're going to be in cover three if they're in zone. Maybe some sort of quarter, quarter, half, um, cover six if they're in zone. Or they're going to just be in box down and cover one with a free safety deep. That means whatever side that free safety shifts to, you are getting one-on-one coverage on the outside. And we know, because the Eagles have added speed, that is going to be very difficult for a cornerback 
to cover a receiver on the whole side of the field. And you're going to create more big plays. The Eagles just couldn't do that last year. So when I read all these articles saying the Eagles' uh, expected points was low with 1-2, yeah, it was low because they had no receivers that could stretch the field. It's the same story in 2018. Their speed guy they relied on that year was Mike Wallace, if you remember. And they didn't have him. They haven't had speed. Funny enough, actually, Deshaun Jackson's touchdowns didn't come out of one-two personnel because I checked. Um, they came with him in the slot with three wide. But that doesn't mean Deshaun Jackson can't play out wide in one-two personnel. We saw in one game. They're going to line up with Deshaun Jackson and Rager uh, out wide when one-two personnel. I almost guaranteed. I think John Hightower will play oh, out there as well. And then, obviously, JJ, I think a wide side will probably rotate in more in the red zone. But I think that's a big key point that when people touch on 12 personnel, that is a... It's an overrated aspect. You basically force the defense to go single high. And if you've got speed on the outside, you're going to love that. Um, we mentioned earlier on about how often the Chiefs actually go what, uh, 12 personnel. <laughs> Not surprising. Stick Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill outside. Stick Tyreek Hill and Miko Harmon outside. Uh, you've then got to try and cover those guys with single high coverage. It's hard. Um, it's very, very difficult to do. So it gives the Eagles a massive advantage. And it's basically uh, something that they couldn't tap into last year because, as you mentioned, they haven't had speed for years. It's a big, big part so of that's 12 what, personnel. I was going to bring up that point. I think, if anything, because I'm going to count the Marquise Goodwin addition just because how he didn't know at the time that he was going to opt out. But they go into this draft and they add four speed wide receivers. If anything, that tells me that that's, that's more point. of a commitment to 12 personnel. Yes, if yes I agree. specifically – they focused on one skill set of receiver. They didn't draft the receiver because he could do this or that. They they went, if you can be fast, we're drafting you. That That's all they went into. And then they also traded for Marquise Goodwin in the draft. So that's four speed wide receivers that Howie brought in in one day. So that's what I'm saying. That The focus yeah. there must have been we're going to continue with 12 personnel. And if Deshaun gets hurt or Rager gets hurt, that is whatever. Whatever happens. We have options to continue putting speed out there, whereas with 2018 we didn't, 2019 we didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, it's a really good point. And uh, to be honest, I sort of forget about good Wimbiger right. The team added four receivers that all run down the field vertically. There is a clear emphasis. They know they'll get single high. And leading on from this, the thing I discussed after this because it's really interesting actually. I watched quite a lot of film for this piece. Um, sort of not of every game, but of specific games about how teams defend you. And I've decided basically that. When you have one to 12 personnel, defenses have to make a decision. And I'm not even talking about single high now. I think they have to decide, do we stop the run or do we stop the pass? doesn't mean you can't do both, obviously, but you have to prioritise playing the Eagles. When you're working out before the game, what are you going to do? You have to decide, are we going to go nickel against them or are we going to go base against them? It's first and 10. Pretty much every team will go base against the Eagles on first and 10 because Ertz and Goddard are two good blockers. If you go nickel against the Eagles, they're going to run the ball down your throat and we've seen them do it. Um, I had some really good clips in the article of the Eagles running over guys like uh, Ertz was blocking guys like Adrian Amos. Um, really like Adrian Amos, good safety. It's like 195 pounds. Uh, it's one of the things I touched on the article that safeties and linebackers are smaller now. They're small players. So, so if you're going nickel and you're telling your defensive backs to stop the run, that's all well and good. But God on earth, they're both 250 pounds plus. Um, they're going to win those matchups. Um, so you almost force a team to decide what they do. And actually, I used the Cowboys example. If you remember week uh, 16, the Cowboys basically lined up in base and they said, we're going to stop the run. That was their aim. Uh, they said we're going to treat Goddard and Ertz like tight ends, not like um, not like um, wide receivers, which makes sense. That's probably how I treat them as well. Miles Sanders had 20 carries for 79 yards. So you'd say, right, the Eagles sort of struggled. Dallas Goddard went nine catches 
91 yards and a touchdown. And in the article I mentioned this, if you remember, Wentz missed him on a sort of slot fade where mm-hmm. they seem to get confused about um, who was running where. If Dallas Goddard catches that, he goes 10 for about 120 yards and a touchdown against the Cowboys. And the reason why is because basically they, they treated um, the Eagles, they played base, and they got Goddard on linebackers all day long. And in the end, actually, Ertz took the safety. Byron Jones was used on Ertz a lot. Um, so the Eagles looked off Ertz. And they just killed Xavier him Woods. Took, Xavier Woods kind of messed up Zach Ertz in that game too. That was where he got his yes, uh, yes, he got so hit as well. He was also playing. He was also playing hurt. Yeah. By the way, the Eagles I mean, were doing Joshua yeah. Perkins as well. Like the Eagles would, they were sticking with one two. Even if Ertz went out mm-hmm. last year, there's a reason why everyone goes, "Why are they playing Perkins?" It's, it's, this is the reason why. But what my I've point never was, been, I've never been a Perkins hater though. I thought he's been all right. He was quite, I tell you what, he's quite good looking yeah. at his. I mean, I don't mind him at all. I'm with you. He's not bad. But what I thought was really interesting is I was looking at this thing, and that's how the Cowboys did it. Um, what the Redskins then do, and I looked at two examples of this, which are really interesting. Uh, what a lot of people say though is one-two personnel, great on first down when you could be unpredictable, waste of time on third down when you're third and ten. Yet the Eagles still ran it 46% of the time last year. There was two examples in the same game of the Redskins. I think one was third and eight and one was third and 11. And the Redskins went, right, now it's third down and long. You're not going to run. We're going to treat your base. We're going to treat your 12 personnel as uh, we're going to play nickel. So the Redskins went, yes, you'll probably have an easier box, but we don't think you're going to run on third and eight and third and 11. Guess what the Eagles did twice in the same game? They ran on third and long. I've got the two clips in the article. Miles Sanders picked up two huge gains on third and eight and mm-hmm. third and 11. Even on third and 10, the Eagles are thinking, you know what? If you're going to play our 12 personnel um, with nickel, we like our matchups. We like the fact. I think Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz both had to block cornerbacks on that play. Like They just took them out of the play completely. So it's really interesting where I think the idea that 12 personnel was only good on early downs, I actually don't agree with as well. I think, yes, obviously on third and 10, you might not want to play too much 12 personnel because certain teams will say, yes, we're lighter in the box, but you're not going to be able to get the first down running. But the Eagles actually have showed, that those showed he's not afraid of running uh, on third and long. If you play nickel against the Eagles uh, 12 personnel, they would actually um, be quite confident running. And the other thing I touched on in the article as well, which is something that I don't think people speak about a lot when they discuss 12 personnel, is linebackers and safeties are so much smaller now. So much smaller. Like I was just doing a little bit of research and sort of numbers. And you look at people like Ray Lewis was 255 pounds, I think, coming out. I looked randomly. I was looking at Eagles. Jeremiah Trotter was 262 pounds. They're big guys. Safeties were big. You look at the um, size of sort of people like Dawkins. They weren't going to get blocked out of the play easily. Look at modern day safeties and linebackers. Eagles, Nate Gary, 235 pounds. Uh, Dion Buchanan, 220 pounds. I'm using some examples here. Uh, Mark Barron, 213 pounds. Jordan Poyer, really good player. Uh, safety for the Bills, 191 pounds at the combine. And by the way, he was covering when the Eagles threw a touchdown to Dallas Goddard. He was covering Dallas Goddard one on one in the red zone. Jordan Poyer, he's 191 pounds. And he appealed to the pass interference because Goddard basically just ran into him, pushed him off, turned around and cut and caught the ball. What chance has a 191 pound safety? got lining up on Dallas Goddard. But the reason why he was in that position was because the Eagles lined up under centre, two tight ends, Jordan Howell in the backfield. The Bears thought, right, um, they're going to run. Sorry, the Packers thought they're going to run this play. It's going to be a running play. Sorry, one more about the Bills. The Bills thought they're going to yeah, run. Bills. And in the end, um, the Eagles threw out of it. And the, the way the Bills lined up, they played base, which meant they had their safety covering a tight end. Um, but their safety is £191. Pounds. 
So I think actually what's a not spoken about much 12 personnel benefit is I think you're going away from the way the league is going. And this is one thing I mentioned in the article as well. It's good to be different. In the NFL, when you spend every week preparing what, for 11 personnel offences, you're prepared to be spread out. You're prepared for that. When you get a team that suddenly come into a 12 personnel and punch you in the mouth, it's a bit of a shock to the system. You don't spend the whole season preparing for it because the Eagles were pretty much the only team or one of the only teams that ran 12 personnel that frequently. And as you said, actually, what might be interesting is that might not be the case going forward. But I think one thing that can't be discounted is the fact that you are doing something different. Uh, the way the league is going at the moment is smaller linebackers, safety's playing linebacker. Um, and actually, when you line up with 12 personnel, you have a complete size advantage. And I think if you look at teams like the Titans running with Derek Henry, the Bucks are going to line up with two huge tight ends. I mean, Gronk and OJ Howard are massive humans. Um, they're going to get an advantage over the way defenses are constructed in the modern day. And you only have to look at the Eagles as a great example of that. Where, where do you think the Eagles want to spend most of their time in next year? Nickel, dime or base? They want to be a nickel and dime. They don't want to line up three. They haven't got three linebackers to line up on the play every day. So if the Eagles come up against these offenses like the Bucks, we're going to struggle, ironically, as a team that runs 12 first now. I think our defense would struggle. Can you imagine Nico Robbie Coleman on, on the sideline while TJ Edwards... Uh, Duke Riley and Nate Gary are all on the pitch. <laughs> it's not what you want. The Eagles are set up to play modern offences. The Eagles want you to spread the wide. Yes, play four wide receivers. We'll bring in Robbie Coleman. We'll bring in the Blanc. We'll get Mills coming down. Guess what? Mills can cover. McLeod can cover. The Eagles want to play against what 11 personnel offences because that's what the rest of the league is. They're doing that a very, very heavy percentage of the time. So you get an advantage, I think, if when the rest of the league is doing one thing, you do something completely different and it's sort of discounted. doesn't always mean different is right, but I think teams are going to have less time uh, to prepare for you. It's an interesting thought anyway, when you think about how the Eagles are built, considering we're a 12 personnel offense, the fact that I don't think we'd be any good at stopping it next year, uh, which is a little bit of a worry um, as well. We'll get into that in one second because I didn't want to cut you off, but we yeah. need to get a word from our sponsors real quick. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans achieve their home financing goals. Whatever freedom means to you, Freedom Mortgage has custom loan options to meet your needs, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, MLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333. Licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. All right, we're back. So I will say I I agree with you on your last point that the Eagles probably can't cover it that well. But when you look at the schedule, I don't think they have to worry about it either. There's not that many teams they play this year. Where, I, I don't think there's – I can't think of one on top of my head. To be no, honest, there's still not many. There's, the Eagles are still the most – the best 12 personnel offense in the league in terms of doing – I think the Buccaneers will do it a lot. I think you're right. But at the end of the day, you don't want to be doing the same as everyone else. I think it's good that the Eagles can provide some versatility. Um, one final thing I wanted to mention before we can sort of discuss a little bit about limitations and stuff of it is Eagles in the red zone last year, which I thought was interesting. I think you mentioned this earlier about the strength in the red zone. Um, so if you've ever used sharp football analysis, for example, they have a sort of study on whether a play was a success or not. Okay, Now, 
to be honest, in the article I mentioned this, I don't really like statistics like that hugely. I, I am big on stats, but to me, what is a successful play? But anyway, just going with it for a second. Um, when the Eagles were 11 personnel last year in the red zone, their success rate was 36%. When we were 12 personnel, our success rate was 56%. So the success rate went up 20% in the Eagles last year in the red zone from using 11 personnel to 12 personnel, okay? And the stats backed that up because I had a look. Um, the Eagles scored, I've done this manually, so I might be one or two out, um, but the Eagles scored 34 touchdowns last year, according to my uh, film watching, this great YouTube video, watching through every single touchdown the Eagles scored last year. Um, we scored 34 touchdowns in the red zone, 22 of them, we were in 12 personnel, 22. So we were good in 12 personnel in the red zone. And I think it's basically because you get more size, which is an obvious thing. We spoke earlier on about and JJ, I think a white side off air being good in the red zone. Uh, size matters. Uh, some men don't like to admit it, but size matters. And especially uh, in the red zone, because you need uh, big bodies in there because the field is condensed. Um, you don't and you get anywhere near as much separation. So when you've got uh, big bodies like Goddard, Ert, and yes, JJ, I think I want side next year, they all have success in that condensed area of the field. It's not really where you want your Deshaun Jackson, your Tyreek Hill, Jamiko Harmons as much because it's very condensed. It also means you get extra blockers in. And like we spoke about in the past, getting more blockers in is no bad thing because the odds are in the current NFL, your tight ends are going to be bigger than your opposition's linebackers. And that hasn't been the case for a while, but I think at the moment it is. So you actually fancy Dallas Goddard taking on a linebacker. You will actually expect him to win that matchup. Whereas I think if you go back 10 years, uh, you would not expect that to happen. You wouldn't see like the Ray Lewis's, I mentioned Jer Jeremiah Trotters. You wouldn't see your old big star linebackers getting blocked by tight ends. They'd be too good for that, whereas I think currently uh, they're not. So I think the red zone is something where the Eagles had real success with. And so the whole point of this, why I want to talk about this, why we wanted to record this, is the idea that the Eagles are just doing 12 personnel because they have had no receivers uh, is false. It's true. The Eagles have had no good wide receivers, but 12 personnel actually has some massive, massive benefits to it. There are a lot of different benefits. And hopefully, uh, by the end of this pod and by the end of the article, uh, from what we've been discussing, you'll get an idea that actually building an offense around 12 personnel is not a bad idea. It doesn't mean you have to do it every play, uh, but it's not actually a bad idea for the Eagles to consider. Uh, anything else you wanted to add to that? I mean, maybe we'll touch on a few uh, limitations I was ask before you, we finish. I would, just because uh, I think from going to a couple, couple games last year and sitting in the end zone type seats, you, I always notice that either Goddard or Earth was open. They either ha or they have some kind of leverage on the defender where yeah. you're talking about with size. So if we're going to hail Carson Wentz for being this great red zone quarterback production wise, why can't we hail the one two personnel in the same aspect? Then because that's really what you you just proved it yourself. You literally yeah. just proved it. They score majority of their touchdowns in the red zone out of it. So if we're going to hail Carson Wentz for his I think it's 72 touchdowns, two interceptions, performance in the red zone. Why We're going to have to hail the system. I mean, the, excuse me, the personnel he's running then. Yep, I agree. Well, Some so, other little um, interesting numbers as well when I was looking at it because I broke them down into two bits. I didn't actually put these in the article. So a little bit I was going to ask you, because before I look this up while you talk, because yeah. I've been trying to find this fact for the whole entire night. Do you know the percentage of the 12 personnel form that they did in 2017 now? But no, no. It wasn't as favorable because again you had Tory Smith, Nelson Aguilar, and Alshon Jeffrey for the whole entire season. There was no injuries yeah. there that time. But 
they did have Trey Burton, Brett Selleck, and Zach Ertz, who we all still saw in the field a lot. So that's why I, I never got the Pacific because I kept looking. I can't find it specifically. I know it had to be down, though. I would assume they were there. I don't know. I don't want to say that, though, because in 2016, they were 12 personnel a lot. So I don't want to say that they were because I, from going back and watching the highlights of that season, it looks like they're more majority 11. But I really don't know. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head. The exact no, I think you're right. Right. I would bet they ran out of 12 quite a lot for reasons I mentioned. And I don't think sharp football analysis, what I use for this, goes back as far. Actually, you're it might do. Right I'm, looking, I'm looking at the website now. Um, I will tell you in a second. It wouldn't be as high. Um, but one thing I think is interesting is, although we've mentioned here 12 personnel, no good coach should say, we're going to, do, we're going to be 12, we're going to be 11, because I want to. That year... Tory Smith and Alshon had to be on the field, and Nelson Aguilar was better than Trey Burton and Brett Selleck. So, mm-hmm. it's what I'm not saying that you never run 11 personnel, by the way, but the point is that you can sort of do it a little bit depending on what sort of your person, your sort of frequency is. Um, it depends on your players, though. By the way, Connor, I just found it um, on Shark Football. We ran uh, 11 personnel 61% that year. And the league average is 54%. So we ran it more than the league average. We ran 12 personnel, 26%, which is still 3% more than the league average. So we didn't run it a lot. They committed actually, to it still. But your point there was absolutely right, though. We could have looked at that. Nelson Aguilar yeah. that year was better than Trey Burton and yes, Brent Selleck. Exactly. Absolutely. So, yeah, you're, this is what you're just, you're really just saying the whole entire point of this episode right there and there. They're putting these guys, they're putting their best players on yeah. the field. That's the point of the 12 personnel. It's not because – and that's where people are coming in saying, well, then why commit to it when you have Jalen Rager in the first round, you have Deshaun Jackson now, you have Hightower, all these guys, uh, Whiteside, Alshon supposed to come back. But the point is I don't think that any of those guys are going to be better than Dallas Goddard in 2020. I yes, don't. I, agree. I really don't. I agree. So some people don't, though. That, a lot of people don't agree with that. And that's so this, you and me yeah. are on the same page as being about something that people might not yeah. agree with. That's I'm just trying to bring it up. When you look at 2017, because that's what people are going to say. They're like, well, what happened in 2017? I don't, I'm not sure, because it's not like the Eagles were an incredibly impressive 11 personnel. None of their receivers went over 1,000 yards. It was the most spread out offense in NFL, uh, in the Eagles' history, I believe, because I've, I've never seen an offense be that spread out where everybody is literally contributing. Literally, Corey Clement. Their running back is contributing huge offensive role that year. They had literally everybody on offense, even Big V, contribute way more than they expect. So everything literally went right, right that year from an offensive standpoint. It's never gone that way. That's the only. That's an outline here for Doug Peterson's tenure. I I just don't see. I don't. You can't convince me that. I know Tyler tries to all the time, but you, <laughs> you can't. You can't convince me that there's a better receiver on this team wide receiver than Dallas Goddard. Yeah, and one other thing as well, unless you're the Ravens last year, Lamar Jackson, um, who was so good they could beat any defense, or you're the Chiefs where you've got Mahomes, Kelsey and Hill, the odds are that 90% of NFL teams, except maybe those two, have to match up with who they're playing against. They're not good enough just to say, we're doing our thing. So the idea is that by having both options available to you, you can base it around a team. If you know you're playing a team that have got three unbelievable linebackers and terrible cornerbacks, don't play 12 personnel that week because you want their cornerbacks on the field. If you're playing a team that have really good cornerbacks and terrible linebackers, 
go to 12 personnel. And actually, that my point earlier on about the way the league is going, look at how the Eagles treat the slot cornerback position. I think we've got three really good slot cornerbacks, uh, Maddox, Roby Coleman, and LeBlanc. But the Eagles know that we've said it before on here, your slot corner is a starter. We've said before, your slot cornerback is more important than your third linebacker. So the Eagles sort of can flip that on their head. All right, if the NFL doesn't want to care about linebackers and they want to invest in these slot cornerbacks, good. We'll line up with 12 personnel. Where's your slot cornerback now when he's sitting on the bench um, while your third linebacker that you draft in the seventh round who you don't want to play is suddenly covering Dallas Goddard in man-to-man coverage? So it's all about... Personnel is all about, and so is the whole NFL, is about making matchups. We know this. The NFL is a numbers game and a matchup league, and your players dictate your personnel. But there's nothing wrong with being able to do both. There's nothing wrong with having Dallas Goddard, Zachert, and having three good wide receivers. It's not like illegal. In fact, in 2017, as good as Aguilar was, as Aguilar was, if you had Dallas Goddard in his prime, he would, they would be playing more 12 personnel because Dallas Goddard mm-hmm. is really, really good. The problem they had was going back to that season, was that Selick was obviously older, more of a blocking tight end. He yeah. wasn't multifaceted. Trey Burton is not, in my opinion, a full-time tight end. He is sort of like a match-up piece. Um, so they didn't really have the ability to play 12 personnel. Because as I mentioned earlier on, to play 12 personnel properly, I'm talking about having a proper tight end who can block and run. And to give you an example, I just looked it up. Trey Burton is 6'2 and 224 pounds when he came out of the combine, okay, 224 pounds and 6'2", that is a wide receiver body. Now, he might be mm-hmm. playing tight end, but in reality, if I'm an NFL defensive coordinator going up against the Eagles, I'm saying, I'm treating you like a wide receiver. If you come out with Ertz and Burton, I'm playing nickel. So you don't get the benefit that I've just mentioned. So there's no point playing 12 personnel if you don't get the benefit that I've mentioned. In comparison, Zach Ertz, 6'5", 250 pounds. Yes, he may not be the best blocker in the world, but he's still a big, big guy. And Dallas, Com- and Dallas Goddard, I think, was even bigger, wasn't he? I should look him up. I've got it That's now. That's an interesting sure. point, though. Right? Why would you I want to God- run 12 personnel when, you're, yeah. when you're, your next tight end is as big as a receiver? Yes. And Goddard and was Eagle- 256 pounds. 256 pounds. So you've got two players there that are big. Trey Burton was not a tight end size. 220 pounds or whatever, that is a big receiver size. Like Alshon's probably bigger than that these days. Old JJ, I think a white side are probably quite similar. So you, yeah, to get the benefits of playing 12 personnel, you need to make the defense respect your running game. So they bring a safety into the box. They play single high and you then dictate coverage. You don't do that when you've got Zach Ertz and Trey Burton. So if you're not dictating coverage, why bother playing 12 personnel? Of course you're going to stick with uh, Aguilar and Tory Smith and Alshon because you're not really... Um, dictating the way coverage works anyway in the same way that the Eagles are this year. So that's when people talk about 2017, that would be my response to them, would be the reason why the Eagles didn't play much 12 personnel was because they didn't have two good tight ends. And if people say Trey Burton, I get that he was a good player, but he's an okay player who he is was basically a Swiss Army. Was, I agree with you. He was a Swiss yeah. Army knife, pretty much. Because he, yeah. he was really a quarterback at Florida. He's really a, yeah, an exactly. H-back play player. Yeah, so... Yes. When he was on drafted free agent, the Eagles lucked into him. And I, Doug Peterson utilized his skill set to get the most production out of him. And then, yeah. boom, he gets a huge payday. I think it's telling that you're saying this with 2017. Like, well, why would they run 12 personnel when they didn't have the adequate tight end talent? And then they go into that draft after they win the Super Bowl with their first pick and then take that tight end that they're looking for. That's a really good point. Yeah. They That's, literally yeah, draft the tight end. And Zach Ertz would have been, what, 26, 27? He's not injury prone, Zach Ertz. Yeah, and they and chose to draft like, the tight end in the second round. Yeah, yeah, they go into that draft after winning the Super Bowl and think, 
we let Trey Burton because paint not paying Trey Burton was the correct move. They did that it was absolutely correct on their part. And they go, let's get the real tight end this time. And the first pick they get on the board, they take one of the most talented tight ends that we've seen come into this league in a while as a rookie. So yeah, I don't plus I just you go back, I mean that was two years ago. That was the 2018 draft. There's no way how they're not thinking about what's gonna happen in 2020 when Zach Ertz wants to get paid a little bit more because they got when they sign him for that deal, it's still a budget deal. He's making eight million per. Right? That's that's incredibly low for a top three tight end that's having a Hall of Fame trajectory career. Yeah, so agrees. It's not like the they think years in advance up there. It's not like they yeah. went to this draft again when they took Dallas Goddard. Like, oh, this means in a couple of years we better like tell Ertz to pack <laughs> his bags. This yeah, means we're coming into no the twelve personnel. Yeah, it makes and no the sense. idea that. And Doug obviously has say as well on who's being drafted. There's no way Harry went to see Doug and say, Doug, uh, do you want to play 11 personnel again? And he goes, yeah. And then drafts the time in the second round. And then Doug goes, oh, well, now I've got to play right. 12 personnel. Like, it was obviously then, a choice. It's, an, it's, an, it's a choice. You want as many options as possible. That's the point. And by the way, I'm, as I said, I'm admitting I was wrong. I actually didn't agree with the pick because I was one of those people sitting there going, the league's going 11 personnel. Look at Sean McVay. He's in 11 personnel constantly. This is the way we do it now. Uh, spread the teams out. Fast receivers. You can't defend anymore because the league rules, blah, blah, blah. I was one of those people who did not want to go sort of old school 12 personnel. But actually, there's reasons why I've come around to it. And just really quickly, as we sort of sort of wrap up, one of the things I mentioned, sort of, we said at the end, we talk about weaknesses of 12 personnel. But the biggest weakness is really, you need two tight ends who can block and two tight ends who can run. Because if they can't block or run, then you can't dictate coverage because teams will say, right, he's a blocker. Let's go base. He's basically right. a receiver in a tight end's body. Mm-hmm. Let's go nickel. You lose all advantage. How many tight ends are there in the league? who can block and run and get open like Ertz and Goddard. There's probably 15 in the whole league if you were to go through them. And before people come at me, please go and look at the clips in the article. Ertz can block. He is not the greatest blocker in the world. No, he, got he can block. Yeah. He's 250 pounds and he's, he's willing. So much better than blocking. Yeah, so much better. There's some great clips that I've got in there. Goddard is a... He's, oh, I'm sure Goddard could play like swing tackle. Like, man, his blocks on those um, um, split zones mm-hmm. when he comes back across the formation, he kills dudes. There's one against the Bills I've got in there where he takes out number 94 at DT. Sends him flying. It's a DT. Pro football <laughs> focus always has. He, he's had, these last two years, pro football focus has rated him as one of the best blocking tight ends. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, does it's not the surprise there me with that. at all. So that, that, that is the biggest problem with 12 personnel. The biggest problem with 12 personnel, why are more teams not doing it? It's because there's not enough good tight ends. Look at the draft every year. How many tight ends came out? Look how many receivers came into the league last year. Like six first round picks. Loads of good second round talent. Look at the tight ends that came out last year. I spent like 10 minutes watching them for uh, fantasy football purposes and got bored. It's like there was no one There was no you one really any good. Yeah, there really was. There was no Cole one Komet good. Was probably the best, probably yeah, the Cole Komet was like okay and there's a few players I quite like like Harrison Bryant who went to the Browns but you're talking late round average players. I think yeah, the Patriots yeah. took two. Look how many receivers came into the league last year. The benefit of going 11 personnel is it's 50 times easier to find good receiving talent which means you can get more good players. But if you have two good tight ends don't get rid of them just to say we only need one. That's like that's the wrong way of looking at it. It's the complete wrong way of looking at it. It should be, oh my goodness, we've got two good tight ends. We've got something basically, with the exception of the Bucks, probably none of the rest of the league has. 
We need to use that to our advantage. While the league is preparing for 11 personnel, we need to be doing something different. It doesn't mean you don't need receivers. It doesn't mean you don't want to go 11 personnel at times. It just means that you have the option of going 12 personnel and being able to dictate coverage. So there we go. The other good thing, yeah, that was a mic drop statement right there, though, I will say congratulations (laughs) right there. But the other thing about the feed is you can now be more versatile. So do I think the Eagles yeah. will be as, more, as as much 12 personnel this year as they were last year? Hell no. If the speed stays healthy, no. I think Zach Ruth is going to line up at the X. I think God's going to line up at the slide. I think it's going to be all mismatches, yeah. like you just said. But do I think their primary will be 12 personnel? Yes, I do, because that's what yeah. they committed to. That's what they're that's what they're showing us. I'm going yeah, you've said this before. What are they going to do? Sit Dallas Goddard on the bench and say, sorry, uh, we really need John Hightower to get some snaps. Like, no disrespect to John Hightower. He's not as good. He's not as good. If he's better than Dallas Goddard, then brilliant. We have hit the best late-round pick of all time. He won't be. Jalen Rager probably won't be better. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, maybe. Deshaun Jackson probably is, to be fair. Deshaun Jackson is better. But except for that, Dallas Goddard is your third best receiving option behind Ertz and Deshaun anyway. So... Yeah, we need we need Tyler on the other end just to yell at us and tell us we're wrong. Right uh, yeah, him and I argue about this to the point where his Deshaun Jackson's mom blocked me on Twitter, like because I literally <laughs> said, if you're talking about a prime Deshaun Jackson, then yes, he is the second best receiver. A 34 year old Deshaun Jackson who played one game last year. I don't. I'm not saying that because yeah. Dallas Goddard is a top ten tight end. Why do you hate Deshaun Jackson, Connor? Why do you hate Deshaun yeah, Jackson? I know. I, and Tyler created that picture, and then his mom blocks me on Twitter. After following me for like five years, uh, she blocked me on Twitter because of that. I literally, but regardless if that's debatable or not, because well, the Eagles, no matter what, a wide receiver is going to touch the field. So it's going to be Deshaun Jackson. He's your wide receiver one next year. But there's no other wide receiver, anyways, than him that you can argue putting on the field over Dallas Goddard. Not Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. Not Greg Ward. Really not Jalen Rager either, but he's going to see the field because they need to have two wide receivers no matter what. There is no wide receiver on this team, to me at least, and again, Deshaun Jackson is definitely can argue, that you play over Dallas Goddard. And the stigma that everybody has, because I know we want to wrap up this episode, that you can't have two tight ends, it needs to go. That needs to evaporate. That should have never been a thought in our head when the team hired Doug Peterson. That's literally the staple that he brought, that he learned in Green Bay under Mike Holmgren when he was a player there, that he's continued to this day with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I would argue because you talked and I talked about it off air, the Kansas City Chiefs, go watch their red zone film. See what formation they lined up in the most. They had Demetrius Harris out there, their second tight end. They had Travis Kelsey. They had Sammy Watkins. And they had Tyreek Hill. They had Demi Williams. That's what they were doing in the red zone. They weren't – they were copying the Eagles. Like, more teams – I think Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay adding all these tight ends is copying the Eagles. I think when you look at Frank Reich over in Indianapolis, who came from the Eagles and brought Trey Burton in this offseason, they love Jack Doyle, as you mentioned earlier, It's going to be more 12 personnel teams. They're copying off the Eagles. When I look at Chicago, they added the Eagles' ex-Super Bowl winning quarterback. They added – they did have Trey Burton at one time. They gave him a huge deal that didn't work out. But they did add the Eagles' quarterback coach at the time, John D. Filippino. They added Hugh Laser, who is Nick Foles' good friend with Chip Kelly. And now they drafted Cole Komet in the second round, and they gave Jimmy Graham a huge contract with a no-trade clause, which is weird. This offseason, they're going to commit to more 12 personnel. So it's uh, I think the Eagles are setting an example for the league of where you should go this way. I think you described it personally, though, so I'm not going to keep 
repeating what you're saying. No, but just one other thing I'd say is on that point, I think more teams would if they were there. If they were more tight ends in the draft yeah, that were yeah, good, they I would. That's too. what the Eagles yeah. have the benefit, is it's really hard to do this. We're probably like spoiled. We are in a really good position that I think really? fans haven't really grasped yet, where we have two really good I think Dallas Goddard is brilliant. Like the, the from this article, I've gained more of an appreciation for him. And I always liked him. I, I he is superb. Like he is really, mm-hmm. really good. So rather than get rid of one. Let's uh, keep both, and other teams will be jealous of that because they want two tight ends. I can guarantee you, go and ask most head coaches, do you want two tight ends? Uh, yes, please. But they're not there. There's not two tight ends that can block and catch. They, they, most guys coming out of college are either basically receivers or guys that can't run and can block. You take one or the other. You get a receiving tight end or you get a blocking tight end. There's not many that can do both. Even Ertz, it took him a while to become a blocking tight end. It takes time to get players that can do both. It's just a really hard skill. Possibly one of the hardest, being a complete tight end. That's what makes people like Kelsey and Kittle and Gronk and it's so good because they their blocking is unbelievable. Kittle's blocking is second to none. Gronk in his prime, his blocking mm-hmm. was unbelievable. And what that means is, we said time and time again, you're going to get those guys on safeties and linebackers because teams cannot play nickel and dime against you when you've got those guys on the field because they're too good at blocking. And if you block, mm-hmm. The Chiefs, the 49ers, they will just run it down your throats. We've seen Andy Reid do that for ages. Kyle Shanahan done it last year. You're putting a buy in, basically. Guys like Kittle, they're like cheat codes. Uh, there's no, how the hell do you cover a Kittle one on one? If you take a linebacker, he's probably too slow. You take a safety, he's too small. Like receivers at that size that can move like that, they're so rare. They're such a big mismatch. And I think the fact that we've got two players that are not in that same bracket as Kittle, in my opinion, I know his numbers are good. But they're very, very good, both Ertz and Goddard, which means that you have a huge advantage. And the Eagles should be able to take advantage of it next year because they've actually got some guys who can actually run uh, on the outside. Whereas this year, this might be a little, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I firmly believe it, anyways. Dallas Goddard's blocking is along the same lines as George Kittle's. Yeah, it's not far off. Yeah, it's, it's not. Uh, definitely not. And uh, again, I mentioned this earlier in the episode. I just want to add context to it because I did get some hate for it when I tweeted it. George Kittle did miss two games last year. I completely understand. But my point of saying yeah. that he played, the Dallas Goddard played 33 fewer snaps than him was because George Kittle is the whole entire 49ers offense. That's yes. their that's their number one option day in and day out. Now, when you look at a guy like Mark Andrews, who had a huge breakout season last year, he was on the field for 456 snaps in, on offense, and Dallas Goddard was on the field for 769. So – the stigma, and again, I know that's a run-first offense and everything, but Mark and they had that's to have still a crazy Boyle. stat. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a crazy is, stat. Crazy. Yeah, because Nick Boyle is their best blocking tight end by far. He's the best blocking tight end in the league. Actually, he's better than Gittle in blocking uh, Nick Boyle. But so they had to get him on the field too. But when Mark Andrews on the field, he makes plays and he's a great tight end. My point is the stigma that we can't have two tight ends needs to leave everybody's brain. That needs to go. That's not. That's not the case. This, you can successfully have two tight ends, and the Philadelphia Eagles have shown you from last year and this year that is a, is a absolutely a possible thing. Dallas Goddard does not lose opportunities with Zagreus being on the field. It's not true. That's not the case. It's been proven time and time again. So I just want to kill that stigma again. The Eagles can have two tight ends, and they can pay two tight ends. Want to know why? Because I don't believe they'll be paying their wide receivers much next year. I don't believe in your – I think they're going to attack the draft again next year, wide receiver, until they get it right, until they get their long-term guy. 
I don't think they're going to go the free agency route anymore. I don't think they're going to go the trade route anymore. I think they're going to go cheap, young, till they get it right. And again, you extend the Ertz now. I don't even think they're going to extend him, to be honest with you. I think if they extend him, it's a one or two year extension. I yeah. think it's all about money. It's about money in this situation. When it comes time where his contract ends is when you pay Jalen Reggie. So I, I'm paying Zach Ertz. I'm paying Dallas Goddard. And I'm saying, here's my Carson Wentz's, Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson type duo that I'm paying. That's your wide receiver duo right there. You, if you could, because again, people are going to say don't pay two tight ends, but they'll they'll be the first to tell you that you should pay two wide receivers when they're good on your team. It's the same thing here. There's no difference, no difference. So enough of the stigma that you can't keep two tight ends. That needs to leave everybody's heads because the Eagles have proven it wrong. They won the show right there, though. Yeah. T- think, congratulations, Johnny. We took a, we took a whole almost a whole entire hour talking about. One topic. One topic. Because we usually have like five hundred dollar corners. What dollar There you go. Amazing. Because we usually have like uh, probably an episode. Probably I thought like three topics or so each yeah. time, and we really just attach one whole entire topic. Because it's true. I talk about it on Twitter twenty four seven. I was so glad when you brought this up to do an episode on because I'd rather just do this episode than answer any more people on Twitter ever again about it. Because I'm just tired of this debate. I, I, I explained how I felt. You explained perfectly about the tournament. I, I, I dare somebody to argue after hearing this episode about the tournament. Bring it on. Wait till you see the BGN comments. I'll be replying to a few. There will be a few, but there we go. You got to love it. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Eagles Brawl. Uh, again, five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. It helps us grow. It helps you guys grow. We'll be back soon. All right. For Johnny and I, see you guys later. Go Birds. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing, equal housing opportunity. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans achieve their home financing goals. Whatever freedom means to you, Freedom Mortgage has custom loan options to meet your needs, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, MLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333. Licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.